0: back double teamed fam how are we doing today do i need to switch that up i feel like i do i say that every time i was gonna say Um, maybe it's time to switch that up what do i say though welcome back double teamed fam did you come today we'll do that okay all right uh no (laughs) you already said it we already welcomed them they're here hey guys okay you know what we'll just kind of dive right in no story time i don't really have any stories to tell not that i can think of do you no actually i don't you're right, because you've been seeing that one guy consistently. Yeah, well, I mean, and my doms have been out of town. Yeah. I don't know. It's just been busy. I haven't really, like... I want to say, yeah, April turned out to be a hella busy month. And at first, like, I remember looking at... When I was planning out April, I was looking back at March, and I was like, wow, March was busy. And then I looked at April, and I was like, damn, it's empty. And then just poof, all of a sudden, April was full. It's almost May now. And May is also starting to look full. So this is really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'd also say that I started a class for my master's. So that's been taking up some of my time. I haven't really been going on many dates. Yeah, because I'm pretty happy with the people I have currently. Like my, my needs are being met by, by your squad, your team. <laughs> And so I'm I'm good, you know, I will say though, actually, I take that back. There's one guy that keeps trying to go on a date with me and I feel bad because I've just like, I've been way busy, you know, between like work, the pod, my class, my, you know, normal partners, and then, you know, like social life with Cammie because, you know, her and I do like to do things together too, you know, when we get along. <laughs> yeah, Nikki and I have been fighting a lot more recently. I think it's what do you, what would you attribute it to communication? <laughs> no, actually, I think it's the dishes. <laughs> well, it was we, we fought, it was <laughs> their the was dishes a for a while. Yeah, if y'all want an, a little inside scoop into our lives, I'm a neat freak. I'm very OCD about. If you don't the vacuum blindly. the way she likes the things to be vacuumed, it's not right. <laughs> well, move the fucking couch a little bit because there's pet fur behind it, and vacuum behind it. That's no, all I, I use the hose. I use the hose, and it works underneath it too. Yeah, it goes under. Okay. I don't. I digress. have to quickly I don't have to physically move the couch in order to vacuum underneath it. Okay. All right. Anyways. I still stand where I stand on that. But I mean, like when it comes to like the dishes vacuuming the cleanliness of our home. I'm very OCD. I was like this with my ex-fiance too. And it's that's not to say that I'm not a clean person. I just don't happen to do things the way Kimmy likes them done. Nikki just does it at a much slower pace. <laughs> it's like five business days for things to transgress. Like no, I do you do. tell her on Tuesday that you want the dishes done because it's her turn to do them. And she does them by the following Monday morning. That's not true. So. That it's never that long. <laughs> She's exaggerating okay it's like maybe a day or two tops but i also do it in stages so maybe i'll like unload the dishwasher and then wait two business days the next day load wait. it's a dish <laughs> but ah. anyways i think our communication is fine we talk about everything no our communication is not fine i, I mean w- okay It's good. Our communication's great. You know, we'll have a full-blown- You just said it's great, but it's not fine. Make up your mind. (laughs) No, because there's always room for improvement. Absolutely, there is. I'm saying it's great, but it still needs some work. Kimmy doesn't like the tone I use sometimes. Nikki and I moved in together, what, two- Since December. Yeah, four Four months months ago. And why are we having so (laughs) many issues? I don't know. With fighting. No, it's just because, like, usually, like, when we live together, we get along really well. And I don't know what it is about this time, but I feel like... Has it been because I've been unemployed? Probably, because we're both home. Before, you, like, used to go to work, so we'd have, like, time apart. Maybe. I think sometimes we need to make sure we have some time apart, which yeah, is why, like... you go like, on, like, you... Or I go see... in the evenings all the time, and then, like, all yeah, you will know, you know, spend the night at my dude's house. So, it's like... I don't know. Maybe we gotta continue figuring out what's causing this. Regardless, I'll talk um, to my therapist about it in next week. Oh, so you get one sided help? Yeah, sure. That's gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna go great for me. She's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Your sister gaslights you, and you're gonna be like, "Yeah," and I'm gonna be like, "What? No, what? Uh, she? I don't gaslight you, don't you, by the way. Yeah, you. You have to understand. My therapist is this nice, kind lady, who. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she's. I mean, yes, she validates some of my emotions, but she also asks the questions to help me process why certain things are happening. Okay, so let me ask you: Why do you always get upset when my tone changes from something that's not nice? Because I'm sensitive. Okay, but no, do you understand? I don't like it when you talk to me in a certain tone, and you know. But I hate you use it. that tone with me too, and I don't take it personally. I understand that you're trying to convey a point by changing your tone. I digress. Do you really? Because I feel like we're going to have a fight again the next time that I use a certain tone with you. Well, but you know how I am like when it comes to when it comes to certain tones, I just I can't I can't do it i understand but at the same time i told my dude the same thing i was like certain tones like you just you can't use with me because i'll shut down and i understand that boundary like short circuits and stops and i understand that boundary but at the same time sometimes it feels like i cannot use anything besides a pleasant voice (laughs) so like if i'm emotional or frustrated then i have to put on a pleasant voice do you know how hard that is to do i feel like you get very upset very fast but like no (laughs) A, B, you. When you get frustrated, you use tones with me too. But again, I, you know, like I'm not sitting there like change your tone because (laughs) I. Okay, we can't like fight in front of the camera. Well, no, I think this is a productive conversation. (laughs) Okay, we're actually getting something like handled for once because our tones. We're gonna start having our our tones are nice. We're gonna start having our arguments on the pod. No, let's not. Anyways, what what were we talking about? Send us an email if you liked it. Anyways, so yeah, I I told this guy, I communicated to him. I was like, hey, you know, right now is really not the time for me to begin dating. But then I went on on a date with another guy and I'll have to be honest. And I mean, if either of them listen to this episode, like, I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. They do both listen to the pod or have listened to an episode or two here and there, I should say. But the other guy interested me more and he happened to catch me on a night that I was just like randomly available. So it worked out and the other guy didn't. Anyways, you know what? Nothing monumental like the tattoo story. However, I did go see my fin sub, and I did post on Instagram that he gifted me a beautiful pair of diamond earrings, which I absolutely love. And in return, I put on the Louboutin heels that he gifted me a year ago. I can't remember, but those are my favorite. A long time ago. Anyways, I put those shoes on and stepped on his face repeatedly because that's what he likes. Grey wind. Anyways, so we had a fun little scene and honestly like it was really good to see him again like i said he lives in a different state so i don't see him that often i guess i'll give you guys a little bit of a background about him and i yeah i was gonna say we got a lot of questions about that's what i'm saying i we posted one post i posted that on instagram and then everyone was like what's a fin sub i mentioned it briefly in last week's episode with with the male submissive because my fin sub is kind of service sub Yes, but let's go we talk to the fin sub specifically. Okay, so but it does tie into the service part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, a fin sub doesn't. It doesn't have to be a service sub. You're right. It does not. Absolutely not. So, because you can be a fin sub without a service sub dynamic. But so basically, there's a fin dom and a fin sub. And that basically means financial dominant and financial submissive. It is a dominant and submissive dynamic. And, you know, the word financial basically implies that money is involved in some way or form. Obviously, there are many different levels to this. It all just depends on, you know, how you negotiate it with your, within your dynamic and everything. Lots of ways you can do it. I remember when I watched the show Bonding, they had a really good representation of there was a guy who's the Finn sub and then the pro dom the dominatrix miss may. may was the fin that's her name, dom. Right? yeah miss may mistress may mistress may yes yeah mistress may and no, he, she will would you call her the fin dom i think you would just call her the dom and then this would be dom slash fin sub right no i she would still be the fin dom even okay. though he's paying a pro dom to be a fin dom i would i still think it's a fin dom she's being she's playing the role of a fin dom for him And he's paying her to do so. Basically, like, he has, she has his credit card or something. I can't remember. Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, then what's the difference between dogs? We'll get to to that later. We'll get to that later. But I can't remember. No, she does. She, in one of the scenes, basically, they go shopping together. And he's sitting on a couch. And she's coming out of the dressing room each time, trying on different clothes, holding his credit card, and then telling him, like, Oh, this is how much this is. This is how much it's going to cost you. I'm going to buy it. And it's going to, it's causing him like distress, but like, but but that's what he likes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he likes. So, with Finn Sub and Finn Dom dynamics, you see, I've seen it on TikToks. I've seen it. Bonding had a good representation. I've, I've seen it in other forms of media. I think people glamorize it because they're like, oh, basically, you get to just degrade someone and you get free money and shit in return. I suppose, but it is a dynamic and it does take communication, trust, boundaries, all those things. And I actually take it on this topic my Finn sub and i had a really good conversation when i saw him last because i felt that we needed a little bit more communication in our dynamic we started out as friends we didn't start off as Finn dom and Finn sub so we had a friendship i've known him for almost three years and then it kind of went into this fin sub fin dom thing and while there was you know communication this is my first go at being a fin dom. So I definitely feel that like the more I've gotten into my dominant side, the like the more I've seen like what this dynamic needs in order to be nurtured. So that's why like recently we recently we've started or at least in the last maybe six months, we've started playing with his cage more. We've started using honorifics a little bit more intently. We had a really good conversation during our, after, no, it was before our last scene where we I talked to him about the things that I needed from him and he talked to me about the things that he wanted to see in return, all those things. So it can be a really fun dynamic. I think as a Finn dominant, you know, there's a level of ethics to follow here. And as a Finn sub, you really need to lay out those rules for your dominant because it is your personal finances involved in a way and so as a fin sub you need to have a really good you need to have a really good set of boundaries for yourself and for your dominant you need to lay out those ground rules and everything really well so that your dominant can work within them and then as a dominant you need to have like a level of ethics i think personal opinion obviously you know involved um, since it is someone else's money that you're dealing with can it be done though, where it's the fin dom and the fin sub, but the fin dom is the paying one? I guess that's what I was trying to figure out earlier. Most dynamics that I've seen have been where it's a. The fin dom is the one dominating the person with the money and the fin sub is the one with the money in some way or form, but I'm sure it could be done the other way. I'd be interested to know how it would be done the other way, I guess is what I'm saying. I am too, but I have no experience in yeah. it. I so have no we'll, experience. we'll in. talk about, you know, in this perspective. Yeah, then. we'll talk about it from this perspective. And this isn't gender specific. So the fin dom can be, you know, male or female and the fin sub can be male or female. And obviously... Like I was saying, there's different levels to it. So like for me and my fin sub, usually his limit that he has on me per scene or session is like $1,000 and under. Sometimes we go a little bit over that, but that's kind of typically where he likes to stay around. And usually it's either in the forms of like gifts, like I said before, or mentioned in another episode, I think I mentioned it in another episode, he's like paid for my manicures and Kami's manicures before, things like that. And then, but I've seen as extreme as, you know, a fin dom that manages someone's like, maybe they have a credit card linked to the fin subs checking or savings account. Maybe they have like full control of their accounts. Like there, you can go to certain extremes with it but there's many ways to do it it's all about how you communicate it but yeah so like i said for him and i usually he what he likes to do is like pick out shoes and um sometimes jewelry um sometimes clothes he really likes vintage chanel Uh, he likes certain brands so i try to stay within certain brands he doesn't like gucci but i did convince him to buy me a pair of gucci boots for my birthday Vintage chanel under a thousand where um, you can find it. I, I will say, I will say the um, the two one of the pieces that I have that's vintage Chanel from him uh, was over a thousand dollars, so it did go a little bit over. But he said, but he was the one that picked it out and was like, "This is the one." And I was like, Aww. "I'm like, this is over the budget." He was like, "This is the one." I'm like, and I mean, I love the jacket, so obviously, I was like, "Oh hell yes!" <laughs> um, and jacket, yeah. So, and in exchange, you know, so he. Um, in exchange for the the gifts and stuff that so like we'll go shopping together which we've done before um and usually that's when he picks out things but anyways in exchange he likes he calls it attitude you know he really likes when a woman like commands a room and you know me i can be very demanding um but what he really likes is is degradation i just try to deliver you know in the best that i can as a dominant and i definitely say i've gotten better but he does also like kind of like that physical aspect where and this is really the only physical aspect he likes when i step on his Face with the heels on. He loves a Louboutin to the face. That's his thing, and that is okay. And that is totally okay. I love a hand to the face. And I don't know that I love a lubuton to the face, but if I get to keep those lubutons after, I'll do it. Yeah, and I laugh because I remember last time we were talking. He's very new to kink. I was actually very proud of him. He got on FetLife, and I was. Thrilled for him because previously, you know, since he likes the physical aspect of like going shopping together, some people that he had picked out were definitely not in the DS dynamic, and I felt were just taking advantage of him. And not really respecting what he wanted in return. Yeah. So we had a, hell commu- no. yeah. So we had a, we had a discussion about that. And I've had multiple discussions with him about that. So he went on Fet Life and he seemed to have found a really good Dom or at least someone that really respected, you know, the DS dynamic and gave him more of what he wanted. So I was very happy for him about that. And I definitely encouraged that relationship for him. But I was laughing because wow. during our conversation, you know, he, he's new to kink. He's new to, or I shouldn't say he's new to kink he i don't think he started seeing this dynamic that him and i have as kinky until i started putting a little bit more of a structure to it and kind of like showing how it was you know something that was a little bit more so but the funny thing was is he was like don't all men love a woman who touches them with a louboutin or like shoes or whatever and i'm like dude my husband did not give two shits what was on my foot during Play time. Like, in fact, I don't think he, I ever, or even during like just going, just in general. And, yeah. I don't think he ever he gave a nice. shit about my shoes. Yeah. I was yeah. more like, they look great. Like, that's it. Are they Lou boutons? He doesn't care. You know, so I, I was laughing at that because I think in a way he was, he thought like, it was all like normal, quote unquote, and I'm like, no, that's what makes it a kink. That it's not like something that's of the norm, so it's a kink. But there's nothing wrong with that, you no, know. No, of course there there are the men who you know love to see a good shoe on a woman. Yeah, I'm it doesn't not saying, necessarily have to be kinky. No, 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 no. But I but, but I think, then the yeah to the face yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's kinky. Yeah, in so, my opinion. No, I agree. And so I, I was just trying to help him feel more comfortable in accepting that side of himself as a kink. And I think that's that's really good because, because I, I do think like accepting that and like really coming to own it and understanding it is what's going to make him more confident yes. submissive. No, and I would agree yeah. with that. And I, I think it's great that, you know, you're starting to put more structure to it. Yeah, because in the past, there wasn't as much structure. We kind of like built on the structure. Like I said, it was my first experience with it. So I'm no expert at it. I'm just talking about like what we've done. But I, I have learned a lot about it like since we started this whole dynamic. I think some people might sit here and be like, well, how's that different than a sugar daddy? Or people have asked that, or I've seen that like on TikToks where people are talking about it. And I'm like, well, it's very different from a sugar daddy in my opinion, because with a sugar daddy, there's not a dominant submissive dynamic going on like this correct i mean at least not always i know sometimes that can be incorporated into it but a lot of the times with sugar daddies it's just you know a man or woman is providing you know gifts and money to someone else to someone else yeah or a person is providing gifts or money to someone else and so then and then that's it like there's not really kind of like that dominance there's not i mean sometimes i think there's like the sexual aspect of it or maybe like you know yeah but i don't have sex with my finso No, I'm just saying, like, with sugar daddies, like, yes, sometimes, or sugar mommies, whatever, you know, there are sometimes sexual acts involved or, you know, perhaps they go to dinner, but I don't think it's not kinky. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, I think the clear difference is that in a fin-sub-fin-dom dynamic, it falls under the umbrella of a dominant-submissive dynamic. So there is some form of dominance and submission involved, not just, like, the mere act of, you know, providing someone with gifts and money in some form. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's also, in my opinion, which kind of we talked about, you know, with in bonding, even though she's a pro-dominatrix, he's still paying her to be a fin dom and to take the role of a fin dom. I think there's a difference between a fin dom and a professional dom or dominatrix because like... Explain that. Well, because, okay, say you're paying someone to be a professional dom for you. Oh, 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 I get what you're saying. Yes. I mean, because that dynamic can be, you know, anything it can be anything you're paying them to put you in, sh- in rope in shibari you're paying, you're paying, paying them, them to pee pee on you you're yeah pay- yeah you're paying yeah, yeah, yeah. like in bonding yeah, house, okay all that's the what you yeah, meant. yeah yeah okay got it so, yes. whereas so it just because and i remember i think it was it the male submissive he was like oh so you're a pro dom since he's like paying you and i'm like no he's not paying me we just have a fin sub fin dom dynamic like yeah. i don't consider myself a pro dom would i like to be a pro dom absolutely but I don't consider myself to be a pro dom. We just have a fin sub fin dom dynamic. I do think that is an important distinction to yeah. me too. Just because, it, I mean, yeah. if you're paying a pro dom for whatever service, or if you're paying a pro sub, you know, for whatever service, then that's not fin dom fin sub dynamic. Very different things in my opinion. Pro sub. That's what I would like to be. A pro sub? A pro sub. Someone pays you to be That'd be dope. Yeah. I'm sure that's out there. I'm taking callers. Yeah. Or, you know, (laughs) adding to the roster who wants me to be their professional. I will say. um, I'll do it. What I like about my dynamic with my fin sub is it's helped me get more comfortable in degradation, like giving degradation. I love receiving degradation as a submissive, um, but I will definitely say that being the degrader um is something that's taken a little bit of practice and so like working on that with him has been nice and on top of that like him and i have a friendship so it's you know i i feel comfortable doing that with him. And he makes me feel comfortable in the dynamic and hopefully vice versa. So yeah, it was, a, it was a really good scene. It was a really good conversation between him and I. I'm really glad I got to see him. It was just for, you know, a quick couple of hours, but it was very productive, I thought, and and worked out really well. Um, so hopefully, you know, I get to see him in the future and we get to explore a little bit more. And he's partially like a service sub too, right? Yeah, he likes to be of service. And that was that's what I talked about in the other episode with the male submissive that we did on the service sub special is that like i'm that's another thing i'm working on is is as a dominant with a service sub giving them those tasks and things like that so yeah very nice yeah i love exploring these dynamics like you know obviously it's super cool that you know he buys me beautiful things and i've got a plethora of shoes and designer things like my favorite Boutons, you know, like all these really, you know, nice things I love. But you know, what I truly love is getting to explore this with him and hopefully giving him something that he likes in return. But like just the two of us growing together in this dynamic. So, you know, I, I think It makes it's me think of how, you know, how I was the, I'm usually the floggy and I tried out being the flogger. Now I'm trying to think what other things would I like to Give it a go with being on the other side. Because like, I don't know how good I would be at degradation, you know. It takes practice. It really does. So I'm curious. I'm curious. What other things would I like to be on the other side of, per se? Yeah. And I think, you know, as a switch, I'm not saying that submission is easier than dominance by any means. But dominance really requires you to like step into your skin and like get into it. So that's what I've really enjoyed about, like exploring this dominance with him and just, you know, with other people in general. I'm not saying I'm leaning more dom me lately, but um, I will say, like, I, you know, I love submitting to my two doms and, you know, I definitely like love the idea of maybe getting some more submissive partners. But I am a little polysaturated at the moment. And like I said, my needs are being met. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, you know, I'm good right now. Would I love to have, you know, one or two more submissives? Absolutely. So yeah, so that's my little take on fin doms and fin subs. I hope that explains it for the people that had questions about it. Yes. And gives you a little bit of the backstory. Fun facts, he is younger than me. I think people always expect the dynamic to be like with older people, but he's actually younger than me. So yeah. You never know what these, you know dynamics include yeah okay the fun part is you know when it's out of the norm and like what you would expect so anyways so that was fin dom fin sub if this is something that interests you if you're like curious about this dynamic i i think my main tips would be you know remember the ethics because there is, you know, money involved. Lots of communication about boundaries. As a FinSub, if you're going to be trusting someone else with your finances and resources, make sure you have some really strong boundaries and really outline and really trust the person that you are exploring this with. Like, yeah, I don't think it, let them run all over you and then run you to the ground in your finances. And, and also then, start slow. Yeah. start really really slow. And then as the dominant, I mean don't get greedy. Yeah. But I think any good dom That's what I'm would, saying. Any good dom would know. No, yeah, would not take it. That's what I'm saying. Of that like I in that you kind know, of situation. Like at least for me, I understood where, you know, he always like here he always said I like to stay around a thousand. So the times that it was anything more than that, like we had a, you know, a discussion about it. But I very rarely did I ever like go over that boundary that's good i think that's important and if i did it was usually because he was like something that he really liked and he had picked out you know so so yeah that's our take on fin dom fin sub now to completely 180 it's a two-part episode in which we change the topic halfway through yeah and as our schedule it's all over the place for the next two months and i know this transition kind of sucks low-key but (laughs) oh also what do we announce that we're taking a break in july because i feel like that's coming up it is coming up so our biannual break is going to be in july yeah so we've got episodes through may and june and and then then come july off we'll take a little break kami and i are going to be doing some traveling for a friend's wedding in europe and then you know also just gonna need just a little mental health break in general um so yeah that's when it'll be also let's hope our fighting goes down too we're not fighting only about the pod. Well, actually, we're not, fighting, <laughs> we're not fighting about the pod. Right. I think that there have been some fights around organization in regards to the pod. Yeah, that's true. Everything that we fought about has either had to do with cleaning or organizing. <laughs> Let's just think about that and for a And funny moment. enough, our, I mean, our Google calendar, we live by it, yet <laughs> the calendar is fine. That's not what's disorganized. the calendar everything's on the calendar just saying basically even though our calendar is lit some of the scheduling around like the episodes is where we you know didn't see eye to eye on anyways but it's not that big of a deal and it's all things that we work through and the cleaning i did the dishes proactively yesterday knowing that it would make you happy so i'm trying I noticed that you did say you did when you texted me saying you did the dishes. I was very surprised. And like why? well, because I knew that you wouldn't want to come home the next day after spending the night at your dude's house and the dishes not being done when you got back. So, and you didn't even ask me to do them. I proactively did it. And I'm not saying this right now just because I want you, you to praise me. I'm just saying that I am trying. I appreciate that. Okay. Let <laughs> it be known in the podcast world. Anyways, on the pod. So the next topic I wanted to cover, (laughs) whenever we did the episode with Broke Girl Therapy and Danica, the sex therapist, I remember she had mentioned that men can separate orgasm and ejaculation. And I was astonished by that, if I'm being honest, because I had no idea. But it made sense because one time I was fingering a dude's asshole And hey, DT fam, you know how important STD testing is and how often we discuss it on our show, which is why I'm super stoked to be working with stdcheck.com. So whether you are with a new partner or you just want to stay on top of your sexual health, Maybe you have multiple partners, or maybe you went to a sex party and forgot to use a condom. Whatever it is, it is super important for you to be maintaining your sexual health, and that obviously includes STD testing. So stdcheck.com is the leader in reliable and affordable lab-based STD testing. I've done this many times, so I'm definitely a big fan of this. Basically, you order your test online and then go right to one of their certified labs, get your testing done, no doctor visit is required, and then you do get your results emailed to you in about two days. And this is just a great way to support our show while you're taking care of your sexual health. So thank you guys. Go get tested. I remember he was like, oh my God, it feels like I'm orgasming. But there was like no cum coming out. And I'm like that's weird he was like literally i'm having an orgasm but like there's just no ejaculation so i did some more research on it because i was intrigued anyways i was intrigued so i decided to do <coughs> some more research on it come to find out there's a ton of books on it so i asked the avocado farmer if he had heard of that before because at the time i was you know still in love with him and i was just curious because he de- he's one of those people that likes- update though are you still in love with him yes but less so and I would say because yeah. I understand that there's just no future there and, mm. you know, we're just, we're going in different directions. Okay. I shouldn't say there's no future there. I just understand we're going in different directions. Mm. So even though I still have feelings for him, I still like, you know, every time I see him, I'm just like, yep, there it is. This is why I like him. But I have finally got to the point where like I stopped reaching out to him about hanging out because it's just not productive. But when we talked about this dry or he he likes to read a lot and so when i saw these books i'm like i wonder if he's read one of them so i messaged him I'm like hey have you heard about this he was like yeah actually i have a book on it and i was like i just knew he would anyways so Nikki has an entire powerpoint presentation so i asked him if i could borrow the book so i did and then i read it and i then- will be posting this on patreon absolutely so i read the book and then i did a powerpoint on it and then he joked he was like you know well, why don't you come over and we you know test this out and so we did and that's a story for another time you know or the end of this you know I'll, yeah anyways i'm not gonna gatekeep so let me let me get into this powerpoint that I <laughs> no I'm, I'm reading it okay, okay well i just need it a little bit closer for me to read okay then put it on here in the middle okay okay so the book is called love, love satisfies, satisfies by Keep It Up Johnson. That's, I guess, the alias for this book. So as a quick overview or rating of the book, I give it about a 5 out of 10. If you're interested in a book about dry orgasms, let me just say there are probably far better (laughs) options than this book. Surprisingly enough, though, this is the ninth edition of this book, which I think is ridiculous I feel really bad for all trees that had to go through eight editions of that <laughs> i'm just saying like those poor things they did not deserve that you're right bad literature put on trees is just it's sad it is an economic and just world health issue and ethical issue. Anyways, ninth An edition. An environmental issue. Ninth edition. I was absolutely flabbergasted that this was a ninth edition because I agree I'm like 8 editions and it's still this shitty of a book. Seriously. Anyways, the illustrations were mostly terrible. No offense to the artist who took the time to do those illustrations but I could not stand them. <coughs> I just read the second line. Oh. Whoever did the editing in print <laughs> should be fired because there were some i'm not kidding you you didn't see this or maybe you did but there were some parts where like it'd be a picture and then like the words were over here but like half the words were missing so it was like half a sentence because whoever put the image of the picture over the words didn't space it right and then they printed it like that on top of that like no did no one like who edited this what yeah exactly it was really bad really bad for the content i give it fair to good albeit a bit biased i thought his perspective was a little bit of a monogamistic viewpoint on the dry orgasm in my opinion so that i didn't agree was you know as a non-monogamist i was like this but how are we tying orgasms into monogamy but just wait just wait we'll get into it okay and then the length and the girth of the book honestly a little too girthy like it was this book was huge (laughs) (laughs) it was like the size of like like a notebook, like this, like a sheet of paper. It was like a full size. So I took this to the beach with me in Hawaii. Imagine trying to fit that into a small backpack that's meant for just like a little, you know, like I like books that are like the normal size. I feel like size. that could have been a picture book like that big. Yeah, the normal size of a book, like which is, um, what's the standard size of a book? RIP those. I don't know. Regardless, the, the length trees. and the girth, too much. There is such a thing as a little too big. You know what I'm saying? It's a little overwhelming, hard to fit. This is, this is what that book was. And I put in the. In hard the, to carry. Yeah, hard to carry. I put in the PowerPoint, we really do love average. And that's a message to all men. <laughs> Someone commented on our YouTube video, I have a seven inch dick. When was this ever a problem? And I'm like, <laughs> did you listen to the episode? It's not a problem. It's not a problem. <laughs> all sizes are great sizes. Anyways. So now I will say the book had some interesting tidbits. I've not had a chance to fully fact check Check. all of them, but I have a feeling if this author went through nine editions of this book that he hopefully fact checked some of these. Well, he did not hire an editor. So yeah, but then again, the editing editing and printing was absolute shit. So So the editor also didn't fact check. Well, we don't know that. Oh, I barely checked in general. general. (laughs) Just because the execution was bad doesn't necessarily mean that the content was absolute shit. You know what I'm saying? Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. The six Ps. What does that have to do with this? Proper planning of the book would prevent piss poor performance. Okay. Anyways. So <laughs> RIP those trees. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Interesting tidbits. So the, basically the book was saying, he was saying in the first chapter that sex is great for you, but ejaculation is not. So like, and he was talking about how basic, and keep in mind, I, this was like two, three, months back so my memory's a little bit fuzzy but i'm going off of what i put on the powerpoint but basically it was something about how like um you know sex is healthy but ejaculation takes up a lot of a man's energy so he was basically saying that like in in some ancient medicines i think like ancient chinese medicine your seed is considered your life force as a man so it's like your cum is like your essence as a man And it was saying that 25% of your energy in the next 24 hours is spent replenishing what you lost during ejaculation, which I don't know if that's like completely true, but I do, I do think that it does in some way kind of like negate your energy because I did, I told you the, the British guy that I used to see, mm -hmm. he one time told me he was like, he doesn't, he tries to go like certain number of days without Um, ejaculating or masturbating because he likes to keep that sperm in so that he has more energy. Well, and and I remember the male submissive when he was saying when he does the the cock cage too he was saying that like he's more productive when he doesn't like come or whatever because and, and so i do think this is one of those things where i'm like i think he's right about this i think he probably did fact check this yeah if 25 percent of your energy in the next 24 hours is spent replenishing your come, basically then yeah if you don't come like you're you're keeping more energy inside you you're keeping your like essence as a man now i will say when that one page that you sent me a picture of i sent mm-hmm. it to to my dude and he did like a whole like a caloric calculation. And he was like, there's no way it's that high of a percentage. Okay, so maybe the percentage isn't totally off but or totally correct. But he didn't say in the book where he got this information from. There was a, well, I take that back. Was there a I reference? Should, I should have double checked it. I think in the back he there was a source, but I didn't take a picture of that page. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to ask the avocado farmer to send me a picture of that page. But regardless, when you don't ejaculate, you have more energy because like your body isn't spending energy rebuilding your cum, I guess. Um, And it did say sperm cells develop in 70 days and then about 200 to 500 million sperm cells are lost in a single ejaculation. That I believe is correct. Yeah. When a man ejaculates, he does usually like the number of viable sperm is, I think it is two to five million or maybe a little bit more. This is saying 200 to 500 million sperm cells. Yes. Yes. Because if you, Mm -hmm. as it enters the vaginal canal, a lot of them die. Because a lot of the times, if it's like for a male, if you're under like a certain number of million, that's when you're like technically considered not like non-fertile. I can't remember the specific numbers, but I do know I studied that in college. It is a lot of sperm cells. Because so many of them die in the vaginal canal and yeah, the uterus. Because uterus is not a friendly place for sperm. Well, it's not even just the uterus. It's also the vaginal canal because it's the temperature. The temperature of that area in the body is so hot. And also the... the sperm um, well, no, it's also die. the pH balance too. Yes, exactly. The, the environment... Is it the acidity? I think so. But don't don't quote me on that. But we're not lot biolo- I need experts. a gynecologist on this pod. But... It basically, yeah, the the female environment down there is not conducive to sperm. To sperm. That's yeah. why it takes so many for, you know, just one to impregnate. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, I think it makes sense that like your body spends, you know, energy replenishing all of that. So it makes sense that as a man, if you keep your ejaculation in, you have more energy because your body isn't trying to replenish all of that. Yeah. And then, so yeah, the author claimed less ejaculation has resulted in better overall health for him. He was saying he hadn't been sick in like six years or something like that, which I thought was very interesting. And he was saying, you know, on average, he's able to orgasm multiple times during sex. He can become multi orgasmic and he has less of that drop off in his refractory period because he doesn't ejaculate. So, very interesting. Now, as for the actual technique for dry orgasms, okay, so the technique you basically he's saying first try it yourself and then you know incorporate it into partnered sex so he said start with masturbation stroke your pipe and then stop stroking about one to four strokes before the point of no return the author considered the point of no return the moment just before your orgasm slash ejaculation when you stop stroking before that point of no return relax into your body and then allow the orgasm to come it's very much a timing and relaxation thing from what i gathered reading this book it's all about timing relaxation and it takes a lot of practice to do so like that's why he was saying start with masturbation and then from there incorporate it into partnered sex and then continued he said it takes less stimulation to trigger a dry orgasm than to trigger ejaculation that's why you have to relax to some extent you can't be too overstimulated and you can't build too much tension otherwise that's when you're too excited and too like tense and the ejaculation is going to happen so that's why he's saying like kind of as you feel yourself nearing that orgasm stop stroking relax a little bit And then kind of like ride this little wave into the orgasm without too much stimulation or tension. It's very tricky to figure out. And Danica, the sex therapist, she even said it, it's very tricky to figure out, but it can be done. And I and I mean he had multiple what's the word I'm looking for? People that claimed that they achieved this. Oh, I was going to say, um, test subjects? Testimonials. He had multiple testimonials. testimonials from people that had. And I mean, if you go like on forums and stuff, Reddit and on the reviews of um, these books, like I went on Goodreads and read the reviews of some of the the books about dry orgasms. And, and a lot of men say they are able to do it, but it's, it's just tricky to figure out. This is where I kind of disagreed a little bit with the author. He was saying no porn and you have to be like, When it comes to incorporating this with partnered sex, that you need to, like, you need to be, like, in love with your partner and you need to be, like, in a state of just, like, love and, you know, connection in order to achieve this and that you can't do this with, like, porn Or if you're thinking too much about ass and tits, as he said it, or all these other things. So it was, yeah, uh, that's where I was like, I disagree a little. I understand that maybe like if you're using porn or if it's like, you know, a new partner, you might be more excited and there might be a little bit of that like overstimulation. But I still think like those are things that you can kind of control too. So that's where I disagreed with him. So it's all about timing. And then basically, it's all about lowering the pressure to ejaculate. And he said you lower that pressure mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And that's where, you know, when it came to emotionally and spiritually, as much as I love those things, especially in sex, I disagreed a little bit just because I felt like again it was kind of like a monogamous like you know you're only with your wife love thy wife only she can make you have dry orgasms like you know don't think about ass and tits like that kind of thing and that's ass and titties and that's where I was just kind of like again I feel like you know while that's a great perspective that he's offering and it's a personal perspective I just personally didn't agree with it because I do think that you know if your, Didn't one of your dudes dry orgasm and it's not like y'all were in like some intense love connection? Yeah, exactly. That's the guy that I was fingering his asshole and, um, and he had a dry orgasm. This was the second time we hooked up. Yeah. So it wasn't as if like, you know, we were madly in love and like he accomplished it. No, it was like, it was like a physical thing. And I think one of the things was that he was like super relaxed. So, so I think it just takes relaxation. Yeah. Maybe some trust. I mean if you're non-monogamous and you have multiple partners, like you don't have to solely be thinking about that one partner or like solely devoted to one partner in order to be able to achieve dry orgasms. That's where I was kind of like, "Mm, this is a little bit BS. He was also talking about how you can use the, cami. I'll let you say that word, I think it's like piwococcagenous muscles, the PC muscles. Yeah, I'm not... You said it mostly right, but I don't want to say it wrong. Oh, piwococcageous muscles. Anyway, PC muscles. Anyways, he was saying another method physically is gently squeezing your PC muscles through the first orgasmic contraction to keep the semen in. Where the fuck is that muscle? You know how like for... Also, do remember, disclaimer, (laughs) I'm not a penis owner. I am just simply (laughs) discussing the research that I have done into this topic and my limited experience, but I am trying to offer what I have learned so far about this, but I am not a penis owner. Now, for vagina owners, like, you know how, like, when you pee, you can, like, stop your pee or, like, you know when you do kegels like those muscles like the ones that kind of like suck in like a straw like guys have that too in their penis mm. so you can as you relax into it and you're kind of like waiting for that orgasm to come he's saying a very gentle squeeze of the pc muscles can help where is that um, located on the dick i'm gonna find a map and then post it on this video i have no idea but you can gently squeeze your pc muscles so that you keep the semen in as well so he was saying if needed, needed suck in the PC muscles through the first two to three orgasmic contractions. But ideally, you want to only be able to do it through the first orgasmic contraction, all while relaxing your body. So like, there's a lot to it. But I think basically, from what it sounds like, once you kind of master it, it comes pretty easily. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Comes. Anyways, he said one of the ways to kind of work on your PC muscle um, is penis pull-ups. So, you know, when you're erect, take the tip and point it up like penis pull-ups and that's a way to um, Now i don't think they can to, control to the tip can they yeah they, i've seen guys do penis pull-ups yeah no, i know i've seen that but i think they can only control a certain part up until and then it's the rest goes with it. i have no idea but for you penis owners i'm sure you can probably sense can you please what please let us know what your pc muscles where are the control is
1: like, anyways if this
0: is the whole thing like how far does it go you know I okay like you probably whole- can't hear Anyways, Um, so, and then he's saying practice releasing the PC muscles in a controlled way so that like as you're orgasming and you release the PC muscles, you're not releasing semen. Interesting PowerPoint. Yeah. And then he also went into this whole thing about love and energy. Like I said, he talked about this from a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual perspective. He said, you know, he was talking about approaching sex from a loving place and that that's what was necessary to achieve a dry orgasm. While I, again, I've, you know, I'm not a man. Love your body. There's a loving place. Do it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, love your body. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think it, this is already. In, for, as I was reading the book, I'm thinking this is already a lot for men to process. Like, the last thing they need to be thinking about is like, you have to be in love. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, they've already got to think about like relaxing into their orgasm, stopping the semen, gently squeezing the PC muscles, like all these things like physically that they have to do. I'm like, please take away the component of only being in love with the person you're having sex with in order. Order to achieve this. That right there is just too much. That to me is overstimulation. To have to be like, I have to be in love with this person. Like, I love you. And now you have a dry orgasm. Like, no, you know, but I, I don't totally disagree, you know, with approaching sex from a loving place because I love sex when it comes from a loving place. I'm just saying, I do think you can physically achieve dry orgasms without approaching sex from a loving place or with that intense amount of emotion he was also he went into this whole thing about like you know the chakras of the body and then um moving sexual energy out of your penis and into um higher chakras of the body i will say this part while i liked it Again, and, and, and I thought it was a really good bit on how, you know, you can maybe like achieve more connective, more tantric sex by moving sexual energy out of your penis and into, you know, higher chakras of the body, that thing. As much as I liked that, again, I thought it was just too much to tie into this, you know, achieving dry orgasms thing. Not only that, but like, you know, he's talking about how he has like 10 to 20 orgasms every single time he has sex because he's able to do dry orgasms. So his refractory period is so low or is so 10 to 15 every time. Yeah. Which I mean, uh, again, I don't know. I don't have a penis. So I don't know. But this was the author's testimonial. And so I was like, love the creative freedom at the end. (laughs) yeah anyways so you know i think for him maybe now that he's really mastered multiple dry orgasms he's able to tie into more like tantric connective loving sex and you know thinking more about like the chakras in the body love all of that but at the same time again i do think you can separate the physical and the you know emotional and spiritual side of the two and just achieve dry orgasms yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is going to take a certain level of steps to achieve that sort of enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying in this book, he really focused on that. And so I think it's it's not a huge focus. I mean, he was also talking about how, like, lust is bad and uncomfortable and disgusting. I really disagreed with that um, because I don't think lust is something that is disgusting. So that was that was another area where i just really fucked up i know right like i understand you know lust is very different than love and all those things but at the same time like i do feel like it's something that can be you know in small doses or in you know a good amount healthy like lust isn't bad you just don't want you just want it in moderation balance balance exactly all about balance and then He did talk about meditating while you masturbate. I thought that was a really interesting take. I've never attempted meditating while masturbating. How does one do that? And it is something that I maybe would like to do. So basically, it's like very mental masturbation. Like you're this in this instance, you're probably not using porn or anything like that. I think for women like still incorporating, you know, a a vibrator would be fine. But I guess like, I don't know how everyone meditates. But for me, like when I'm meditating, like I'm up in the universe, like there's no way and my, my body is not feeling it's I'm not feeling my body. So I'd be interested to know like how because I get to a certain point where it's like I just feel like I'm floating. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I really don't remember this part too well. Um, but I thought it was an interesting perspective and definitely something that like if it interests you, there's probably ways that you can look online for ways to meditate while masturbating. Interesting. Yeah. So keep in mind, the the book was broken into three parts. Part one, part two, part three. Part one was all about like kind of like that physical aspect. Part two was like all about kind of like that love, chakra, energy, spiritual side of it. And then I put here on the PowerPoint, part three of the book was completely and utterly unnecessary. All it did was repeat part one and two. I was like, basically, like we could have probably just taken part three, put it in a smaller book size and made a far better version of this book than what is currently out there and wasted less trees yes so like i said i will post this powerpoint on the patreon and maybe we'll make it to where you know everyone can see it not just our patrons it wasn't my most favorite book that i've read but i'm glad to have heard his perspective on dry orgasms and the male orgasm in general um there was a little bit of about the female orgasm which again you know he was all about like love and connectiveness and Anyways, so even though I, I disagreed with some things, I, I did take away others. And then when the avocado farmer and I tried to to see if we could achieve a dry orgasm for him, we both just got way too excited and said, to hell with this. We're just going to have sex and have fun. So that was a while back. I haven't really seen him since then. We're glad you came. Yeah. And he came too. Mm. And we're glad you came. We're so thank you, came. you guys for tuning in to another episode On fin subs and fin doms and dry orgasms. If you're a man and you attempt a dry orgasm, let us know. Yeah. I'd love to hear what it's like. It it sounds like it's all a timing thing, but you really got to like, right before you get to that point of no return, relax a little bit. Let that orgasm come, but keep that semen in. And guys, don't forget, wear condoms. Do you like the sticker? Anyways, I don't know if you can really see on this laptop, but... Check out our site, Doubleteampodcast.com. Just wanted to throw a quick shout out to anyone who's filled out the contact form and sent some love our way. Thank you so much. We love reading your messages. Definitely been, me- been meaning to email back, but thank you guys so much. So don't forget, Doubleteampodcast.com. Check out our Patreon. We'll see you next week. We'll be back with another episode about erotic journaling and more. Um, which we're very excited about this was a dope episode i'm stoked for it yeah but yeah hope you guys give, have a chance to try out the dry orgasm and if you do give us a little email or like go fill out the submission form tell us about it or shoot us a dm find us on reddit give us a tweet whatever way like i want to hear if you're a man if you've achieved dry orgasms please tell me more we'll love see you, you guys all next week. wear condoms bye